we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, in one word, accountability. We've we've talked from really for years now, for the beginning of this thing, that at some point there would be some accountability in this. This thing has progressed. Uh, the thing we've been, you know, sometimes you say, well, when will the other shoe drop or the pin drop? In this case, lawsuits will be dropping. And uh, I suspect there'll be more and more of these potentially as time moves on. And it's because there's a lot of damage out there. And once people come to the the realization of what's taken place, well, that's usually what you have to go, friends, is the courts to uh, get some restitution, of course, with some of this. So we're going to start there. A welcome in here to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. So we suspected this was going to happen. Uh, this is uh, uh, not terribly surprised to me. And I, I think we're going to see a ton more of these things, is my guess, in the uh, months and years ahead, potentially, but this one is from React19. Uh, there's a whole host of people actually involved in this, but the uh, co-founder of that brand, Dressen. And they're suing uh, President Biden, uh, the White House staff, and a whole bunch of other people. It's a long list, actually. I looked at the list of folks quite interested on there. Uh, you're surprised by this? What do, you, what do you make of it? It's a new wrinkle, Malcolm. The idea that the government defrauded the people. That's the reason why it's HHS, the White House, Biden administration, in terrible things happened with the vaccines, but you know it was driven out of uh, a government promoted uh, scheme, basically fraud, and uh, still occurs today. I was driving on the way home and I heard an ad that came on that said, "Listen, you're not protected for COVID nineteen. Uh, take another booster." Mm-hmm. And it's fraud if if uh, they're not leveling with America on the side effects of the vaccines, uh, the failing efficacy. Uh, we have a situation where they're there's going to be culpability that goes beyond product liability. Obviously, the straightest line is is that there's been a personal injury here with a mm-hmm. with a defective product, unsafe set of products. But the uh, broad immunity granted by the uh, CARES Act, as well as the 1986 Vaccine Indemnification Act, make it more challenging. It's not a straight line. But React 19 organized, they're 20,000 people strong. They've got a lot of firepower. Brian Dressen is um, absolutely terrific. And if they can make some inroads, they're going to do it. We've heard some other recent court updates. It just hit the wires a few hours ago. Dr. Sukarit Bakti, the uh, microbiologist in Germany, who was brought up on trumped-up charges of anti-Semitism and misinformation, just was exonerated in a court of law. And so uh, that's great news. You know, he's been with, uh, you know, the international groups that we've dealt with. The Panda, led by Nick Hudson in South Africa, just released the uh, news release of Bakhti being exonerated in court. Uh, Many know I was drugged through the court system for a year and a half with the case dismissed. And we're going to have to follow this so far. But the COVID-19 heroes, really the the -hmm. truth tellers, those who've been trying to bring the world you know, on the right side of understanding of what's happened so far, we have been racking up victories. Where we have not been successful is bringing those who are really the perpetrators to justice. 
Now, from what I understand from the suit now, they're not, you, as you just stated, you can't really sue for the vaccine itself. I mean, that they, they've got to pass on that, which was part of the problem. But they're suing for some sort of censorship. Is that correct? That's true. It's a you know, censorship. Uh, they, the idea is if someone is vaccine injured, uh, they if they feel they have a duty to warn others, you know, that's their duty. That That can't be censored by anybody. Yeah. Uh, so they're going after it, going after them for censorship, for uh, restriction of free speech, uh, clearly for on the forward facing uh, fraud aspect of uh, wrongful advertising. We'll, we'll have to see if this starts to gain some traction, but I think it's hopeful. Yeah, well, let's face it. There's been a lot of this kind of uh, the censorship has been uh, part and parcel, uh, the, the big concern throughout this thing. Anytime you put any truth out there, they would label it. The social media outlets would label it. They'd label it fraud. They threw everybody off at will. Uh, and there was all kinds of censorship going on. Government censored you. She's right. All of that. Uh, so this, you know, I guess it's kind of interesting. It brings up an interesting uh, thought process, actually, Peter, in regards to, well, all right. So if you can't sue for the vaccine specifically itself, uh, might people be now trying to find roads around this thing? Other, This is what I get out of this. And I, I'm going to speak to the firm here and the days ahead. I'll find out more. But I, I mean, to me, it seems like people are going to be looking for other uh, avenues, if you will, to go after some of these nefarious players. Isn't that what's happening here? It's true. There are such a long line of culpability. Yeah. You know, frank falsehoods. Uh, the, the newsreels have captured all of this. You'd think the government officials would be far more conservative in their claims or leave themselves some wiggle room. Uh, the types of absolute statements that people made we're just extraordinary. Just one that comes to mind, not a government official now, but uh, remember Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a clip I just saw. It's on the uh, trailer for the new uh, Plandemic movie out by Mickle, Mickey Willis, which will be featured, by the way, down in Austin, mm -hmm. uh, I believe on June 2nd, 3rd weekend. But uh, there's a, a clip in there where Arnold Schwarzenegger is being interviewed. They're talking about the vaccines and, and freedom. He goes, screw your freedom. You know, well, that's what Schwarzenegger says in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, here you go. He's, he's a Hollywood guy. He's, mm. you know, lived in, in the Eastern Bloc. I mean, these mm. people who know communism, mm. it's amazing how quickly they forget. Uh, I and, guess so. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of them around too, like that. I, I talked to some of those people. And uh, of course, some of them still, uh, you know, they're passionate about America because of the freedom, as you say, because they come from the Eastern Bloc type countries. And so, you know, I noticed, uh, did you see that um, the gentleman there, uh, Ernest Ramirez, uh, is part of that suit? He's suing. He's one of the uh, plaintiffs, in fact. And of course, he's been interviewed several times on the network here. But what a really uh, heartfelt story that is. Uh, lost his his son. His, I mean, wow. Is there anything more precious in life than to have to bury your child from something like this? But uh, he is one of the plaintiffs. A host of people in here, and they're. Uh, let me see here. All, they all use social media. They go after the accounts and uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, GoFundMe. But yeah, this has kind of been. Let me just read this little statement from Brand Dressen. She said, "Now this is interesting." She says. This is the first ever lawsuit in the United States brought by COVID-19 vaccine injured persons. 
The U.S. government has no business censoring people who are speaking up about legitimate injuries they have received from the COVID-19 countermeasures. You know, she's 100% right, Peter. And I'll tell you that this is an approach, like say, well, you can't sue for that, but you can certainly maybe look at these kinds of things. She might have something here that might open up some conversation because they they very clearly um, held back. I mean, you know that. Look at all the early treatment arguments we had and this thing first started, all the all the censoring that went on, shutting down. I mean, this was all so egregious um, in your face. And uh, maybe there's something bigger here that she's developing. I, I like this story. Actually, I like the storyline, you know. Well, here's where it's different. You know, if a doctor like myself come out and I try to present data on early treatment or present information on vaccine injuries, I'm trying to do it as a dispassionate third party scientist. And I'm doing the best I can with the data. We're obviously being hit from every angle possible, uh, deep censorship, corruption in the medical journals. It's so deep, uh, but it's very different because I'm not vaccine injured. Somebody who's vaccine injured, you know, they're not speaking from a position of medical authority. They're speaking from the first person. Personal experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Directly affected. Yeah. And no one can de delegitimize their experience. Amen. Right. No one can delegitimize their claims of what's happened to them because it's happened. Now, Ernesto Ramirez, I know the case vignette well. His son is 16 years old, he's a single parent father. Um, he's a truck driver, uh, loves his only son. He actually tested out the vaccine himself to, to see if it was safe. The father wow. said, listen, I didn't get any side effects. So his son takes the shot and dies within a few days of myocarditis during sports, just exactly what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, and I reviewed the autopsy. It's clearly the cause of death is vaccine-induced myocarditis. Wow. And what Ernesto does now, is he rededicates his life to warning others. He's been to yeah. virtually every freedom yeah. festival. He's given speeches. He's big on social media. He's made a touring, uh, like a touring trailer that I believe goes behind a motorcycle or a pickup truck that has all the, all the different uh, pictures and kind of key phrases. And, and he's going all out. And, you know, his, his claim is that he has a right to, tell his story and for the government to tell people that they have no right to tell a personal yeah. story yeah. yeah is a reach there malcolm that's that's way beyond an academic debate on information that that is the most personal thing ever and someone's telling them now that they can't tell their own personal stories and so it's going to take uh Skillful attorneys, uh, you know, hopefully open-minded uh, judges. It'll probably be at some bench level mm. and then hopefully get to a jury. I, I think if any of these get to a jury trial, let me tell you what, I think they really have a chance because mm. the general public yeah. understands. I, I think the courts will do everything they can to keep this from ever becoming a jury trial. Yeah, that's a good point. Very, very valid point. Uh, everything's been so corrupt and crooked at this point. You're exactly right. You're, I mean, it might not ever get to that point, maybe because of that. But, you know, at some point, though, the winds have to start to blow the other way. At some point, you know, good has to prevail. Honesty comes forth. Uh, justice is heard. I mean, it, it's got to be that way, man. It's, it's, it's got to be that way. Um, there is, um, I want to ask you this question here. There's a, a piece of um, information I'd seen in the uh, 
trial site a story on this here that estimated that conservatively, well, maybe that's the word conservatively they're saying, okay, between a half a million and two million people have been materially impacted by adverse effects leading to some uh, degradation in quality of life ongoing. The government waived all pharmaceutical company liability. Of course, we know that. Uh, I think that number is so low. That's more than just conservatively. That's like... It doesn't mean anything. I mean, that number's got to be huge. I mean, or or am I wrong? That she's, they're saying between half a million and two million. That does sound low to you, or yeah, it has to be low. I mean, if we just go back to the CDC uh, vSafe data, that's just the self-reported data. Seven point seven percent of people, Malcolm, they're so sick with the vaccines they have to go to the hospital, exactly, or an urgent care or clinic, and then there's you know follow-up visits. That's seven point seven percent. The the CDC in the VAERS system has at least a couple hundred thousand hospitalizations, ER visits, other events, uh, 17,000 Americans plus have lost their lives. And if it's underreported, uh, let, let's say 30-fold underreported, which is the estimate taken out of the FDA testimony by uh, Dr. David Wiseman, others have put it at 35 or 40. But conservatively, for all of my appeal work, I've used 30 as underreporting factor. We're talking about 30 times 17,000. So you know we're looking at uh, over a half a million Americans died mm-hmm. with the vaccine, and then uh, you know 30 times, let's say. 200,000, we're talking about 6 million people uh, sickened and going to the hospital, you know, or clinics or visits. That's my entire day now in the clinic. I see patient after patient who have been injured by the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. We knew that was going to happen. You you and I said it a year or two years. That's going to be the new, uh, how many times have I said to you, that's going to be the new pandemic. I said to you, it's going to be all the vaccine injury uh, and uh, the long COVID, both, both. And they're going to be the problem. Sure enough, they are. And I, I knew it. I mean, we just could tell. Yeah. So those numbers you're talking about there, that's even low. And like you say, they're higher than that. So these numbers are, they're, they're considerably, it's a, it's a slice of the population. And I'll tell you, my heart is busted, goes out to people like uh, Ramirez and people who I, I just don't even have the words for anybody who buried loved ones from this fiasco. It's beyond makes you sick. It makes you angry. It's just everything about this thing is wrong. But then on top of that, what really makes it doubly and triply wrong, this this whole thing, Peter, is it, it you started talking about this, the, well, part of this suit, the censorship, this sort of thing, the fact you couldn't even, well, you just said a moment ago, you couldn't even tell your story, well, I mean, your own personal story without being, you know, uh, uh, assaulted to whatever degree and just uh, obliterated in the in the media and in social media and everything else. There's this other story you sent me, which plays to it, which is really ironic how this fits in a little bit. And it's probably worth touching on, but this conversation, because, you know, this is a whole new world order at this point. This whole thing about disinformation and misinformation and this whole thing about not being able to have your peace and freedom of speech and it's so out of whack right now. Do you remember a while back they they were trying to do that disinformation board with that kooky lady in there? You remember we we covered that pretty extensively, and that was quite a big national story. And now you see this other one you had sent me, which is quite fascinating. A new Senate bill from uh, Senator Michael Bennett, the uh, Democrat, is uh, trying to do a, a Digital Platform Commission Act. You know, you think government has enough to do at this point to stay the hell out of our affairs and stay out of things that is none of their business. 
You'd think they could just even pay their bills or balance a budget or just walk <laughs> and chew gum or do something, for God's sakes, Peter. I mean, come on, come on, do something. And now they got to put their hands on all this stuff. And now they're talking about what is this crap? Now they want a misinformation or hate. They're looking for another set of policies or something. What do you make of this? You know, they're going after what they call uh, disinformation. And let's just set the term. So information in theory is something that's truthful. Misinformation is something that's not truthful, but it's not intended to do harm. And then disinformation is something that's untruthful and intended to do harm. And with COVID, what I've said is none of that exists. They're just simply the observations that we're seeing and our ability to make inferences. But what this Senate uh, bill is putting out there, which which clearly is going to have mission creep, is this idea that there's disinformation that's linked to hate crimes. So putting out some information that would lead to um you know, feelings of discrimination or, or you know, injurious um, thoughts against uh, a company or a government body. It, 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 it's basically trying to introduce officially censorship onto electronic platforms as opposed to just allowing free speech. And it just seems like, you know, you, the Biden administration tried to um, – install this ministry of truth. And yeah. there was really, if you recall, this completely wacky woman yeah. who I guess was a social media influencer. And, and it didn't go over very well. Was, I think she was quickly tossed out of office. And well, um, this was right out of George Orwell, by the way. That's yeah. where this is from. Yeah. No doubt and so this that. now this is like another attempt. And you can see now they've changed a little bit of the terms and they've tried to yeah. put the scope more onto a political scope or 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 a kind of a geopolitical uh, sociological scope but it's going to have creep right back into these mainstream topics that we're covering certainly covid-19 pandemic response vaccines and now the rise of transgenderism Malcolm and I tell you what this transgenderism oh, yeah. as a kind of a medical uh, sociological story but doesn't that have legs now it's unbelievable. Well, it's trending all the time on our platform. You see that. It's trending yeah, all the it, time. Yeah. We have yeah, on the platform, if people haven't seen it, what is it called, Malcolm? Where, where there's It's like a, tre a trend in cloud, and it, it tracks all of these. It's all digital. It's all automated. We don't control it. But it's it's what's trending. It's what people are talking about. It's very, very handy. You know? Yeah, I look at it every day now. And you, you can see kind of what, what the hot topic is. Uh, but yeah, I can tell you, my office yesterday, one of the um, one of the assistants showed me a video and it was an advertisement for a Ford Raptor, probably the most manly, masculine, testosterone injected pickup trucks you could possibly get. And this Raptor is tearing over the dirt and going through the mud and doing all the stuff that make men get a surge of testosterone. And then it goes through uh, some water and it comes up sparkly clean. And now it's painted in the transgender stripes of kind of baby pink and, and baby blue. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, Raptor. So now we've had uh, Bud Light, uh, Miller, yeah. now Raptor. You you can see this keeps going and going. You think these companies would learn a lesson, Peter? You know, you think, huh? Right? No. Listen, Fox News yesterday, what it was released, their new transgender bathroom policy. At Fox but, News? Yes. 
on Fox <laughs> News. So there's some some gender policy where if a man wants to use a woman's restroom and if she doesn't like it, she has to go to the unisex restroom. <laughs> Imagine wasting the corporate time and effort to write these uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. But it just tells you how how bad Fox News is and what level they've sunk to. They are no better than any of these other cats out there. I can't believe you're saying this. I, I did not see that. Yeah, no, it was, uh, uh, yeah. you know, who was having a good laugh is my friends over at uh, Newsmax who are, are actually doing great. Eric Bowling and yeah. Carl Higby. And um, they're a great Seth, channel. You know, yeah. uh, you know, the, the Newsmax yeah. is, is is doing very well. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, I have to tell you, you hear it all over diversity, equity, inclusion. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. now this rise of transgenderism, which is which is a a full time medical disaster. Um, we know that all this gender change in young people, most of them are actually autistic kids who are having ambivalence. Uh, the procedures are 80% of the time they're sterilizing. You can't get them back. Uh, you can't completely reverse this. Doctors are taking off normal breasts and, and trying to, you know, there's actually these disfiguring surgeries. I don't know if you've seen the pictures oh, of, yeah. Oh, yeah. of doctors trying to fashion a, 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 a penis, which looks like a, like a surgical hot dog got gouged out of the thigh wow. of these kids. So the thigh is disformed. Uh, it doesn't facilitate urination, clearly can't have sex. All-cause mortality, homicide, suicide, and other causes increased as shown in a paper by Jackson from the UK. Uh, it, it is transgender medicine is an unqualified disaster. Now in Texas, the House and Senate bills made it through. They've ultimately got to you know, be uh, put together, voted through it. Now it's basically on the desk of Governor Abbott. And we want to see if he's going to sign the bill. And it would effectively ban transgender medicine, as we know it, hormones and surgical procedures for yeah. children. People under age 18. Now, people over age 18, they want to do this. Um, I personally think if they want to do this, they should do it on their own dime. They shouldn't have uh, CMS or their insurances pay for this if they want to do this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Obamacare 2016 put gender affirming surgeries must be covered by CMS or commercial insurances. That's where all these men getting breast implants. This is all coming, uh, you know, on my Substack. I highlight this only. 5% of the people pay for it themselves. Uh, this is basically a free grab. Yeah. Well, well, that just tells you a lot of this stuff has been planned when you bring it back to you talking about the Obama years and that was put into Obamacare. That just tells you what that tells you it was pre-planned, right? They knew. They knew all this was going to blow up. They, well, they, it's either they had great foresight or, no. you know, these trends were already brewing. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, some recent data, so it was put out uh, by Del Bigtree on the high wire, did you know now Gen Z, it's about 20% LGBT uh, in terms of proportion. And uh, you and I are probably the last of the baby boomers. Uh, it, it was way less than 5%, probably could have been 1% or 2%. Yeah. So it, it, the generational explosion of LGBT is, is extraordinary. Yeah, it's it's sick. It's cruel. It should be a crime. It should absolutely be absolutely dis disallowed for children, for sure. And you're right. Uh, adults want to do things. They can do whatever they want to do. They can hang themselves for the porch if they want to. Uh, but don't just push that stuff on the public is what we what what we ask. I mean, it's become part of the fabric of this generation that they're jamming this down your throat. And it's not that 
you can't do it or can do it is that they want your approval or acceptance to do it. You understand the difference up here. You know, you're supposed to approve it or accept it, or you are what called all kinds of names. Is that correct? Right. It's true. And, you know, my heart goes out to parents uh, fighting these battles in the schools right now. This is, um, this is really extraordinary. You know, pornography is pouring into the schools uh, as a feature book, which most people know about, it's called Gay Queer. This is now part of um, virtually every uh, elementary, you know, K through 12 uh, exposure to kids. And it teaches them uh, oral sex and just all kinds of things you never could imagine being uh, formally taught. But the concern here is exposure to children, particularly ages zero to six, there's what's called imprinting. Uh, the human mind is permanently imprinted ages zero to six. So uh, the mother's taking the kids to these uh, drag queen festivals and the men exposing their genitalia, what have you, that child's mind is permanently changed and it can't go back. And I I think it it is having a major effect, Uh, you know, today in the news cycle, uh, you know, the state of North Carolina, the parents really banded together and they said, forget it. We want to opt out of public schools. We want a, a waiver system that if we kids go to private school, that we get some. We've been pushing for that school choice. School yeah, school choice. choice. Yeah, yeah. And you know what the governor yeah. did today? What did he, he do? declared a state of emergency yeah. because it's, but this thing's been fully passed. He won't sign it. And it's actually a veto proof bill. So in order to not sign it, he's declared a state of emergency. And uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who I personally know Mark really well, uh, Mark came out there and he's a lieutenant governor. And he said this uh, basically two term governor, he's going to be done after this term, is pulling a political stunt to try to prevent, you know, parents from having a, a school choice. I mean, it's really an extraordinary set of events. North Carolina is tipping over a little bit because of that governor. It needs to come back more to the uh, center of the conversation. But a lot of these cats, they're they're out of control. And it's all politics on steroids. It all it is. And uh, continue to taint all of this stuff. It's it's ridiculous. But it's all part of the social cultural rot or the cultural wars, which has been trending a lot, too, on America Out Loud, the cultural wars. Uh, because that is the fabric of a lot of this discussion. And it's and it's brain rot. I mean, we're destroying the kids. And you're so right with what you say, Peter. I've said that for years. Even the other day, my wife had brought up something about some people uh, that were like, okay, they were like 19, 20, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, right? And we're having this conversation. And she says, well, but, you know, they need to do this or they need to do that. Or they, I said, honey, I said, it's not going to work that way. These people, that is who they are. It's what they believe. They've been raised that way. You're not going to change their mindsets at this point. It's not happening. I said, so this theory, your your, your brains are developed, your, the, your upbringing, your childhood. By six years old, you are who you are. You you don't wake up at 26 all of a sudden and say, oh, I could have had a V8. I mean, you know, it's not well, going to happen. Right? But, you know, the, these adult activities um, ought to be ones, though, where I think people have personal accountability and they really... Uh, they really front the bill for this. I've been made aware firsthand of a vignette in the U.S. military of a man who's transitioning to a woman. And he is going through breast augmentation. And 
Wow. hormones and uh you know depolarization taking out all the hair follicles and yeah I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now i listen i'm not i don't really i don't stand in anybody's way to do anything but you tell me for a moment that that's not a mental disorder no it, it clearly is i mean the data suggests it is a mental disorder but let me finish uh you know he's undergoing this voice box mm-hmm. surgery to make wow. the adam's apple wow. uh look more feminine and uh, listen to this. The U.S. military is fronting the bills on all of this. Oh, my. This God. guy hasn't been on duty for months. And the government's and paying for it. Tax money's paying for it. Our taxpayers are paying for it. You know, the Navy's digital ambassador now wow. is a cross-dressing guy who dresses up like a girl. I see that. And he's up on stage, and the Navy thinks that that's going to – you know, I guess attract uh, brave new soldiers to the, you know, to join the service. Yeah. Malcolm, there is some type of widespread, bizarre mental contagion and it related to transgenderism. Well, but again, it's what you've already said. They're going after the kids. It's all been it's all that indoctrination business, Peter, that's happened here. Uh, they've done that. And it becomes cultural rot. It's the cultural wars. They're using the kids. And then. The kids believe this stuff, and then you see the kids, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, picketing in the roads, uh, protesting in the roads, and it gets ugly, and then you've got this, you know, it's this whole, well, you remember a few years back, in fact, you remember it started with knocking down all the historical statues in the country, and stepping on, that was a profound moment for, for me personally, it was like, I just couldn't even believe this was happening in our country, and then they wanted to change any name, any historical name in context, they wanted to get rid of all that. That's a whitewashing. This is all a road to this is what happens when a country takes on a I'm not just saying this. I mean, this is hist- historical. This is what happens when a country takes on a, a communist route and it changes the, what they're changing. These are the things that happen. That's what's happening in our country right now. And the powers to be are playing for it, for that transformation. We're, we're losing the nation here is what's happening. We're losing we're losing this republic. I, Doesn't this seem like it's <laughs> some type of science fiction movie that just seems is. to get worse and worse? And, mm. and you know, who, who's getting pleasure yeah. out of this? Um, yeah. People have been it's, tortured yeah. Yeah. with COVID, tortured with these vaccines. It makes me sick, yeah. Jobs lost, everything becoming corrupt. And now this sweeping transgender movement that is just taking the country and the world by storm. I think I told you, I went to India and my wife and I, you know, India packed streets in Delhi. We're in this uh, car, this nice driver's trying to navigate. And these beautiful women came up, tons of them, you know, and they're dressing up and they're all over the cars. And my wife goes, those aren't women. They were actually <laughs> men. They were transgender men in large number. So it's going on in India, yeah, which is 85%. Uh, Hindu, 15% uh, Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you what, Malcolm, it's not just about no, America. No. Something is. No, well, you're right. There's a whole, you're, you're right with that statement. There's a whole social meltdown and rot. It's all true. But remember, America is the leader in a lot of this stuff, and it does play off in other countries, to be clear, to be sure. But there is something happening around the world. That's a great point you just made. That would be a great point for a bigger, even discussion. I got to tell you, when you're talking about the India trip and your wife, and and you know, I'm see, I can see that visual now of the car and the people coming over and stuff. You know, it comes to my mind. I'm just thinking to myself, Peter. I said, "By golly, McCullough!" I wanted to say, "You know, McCullough, you and I lead lead some pretty boring lives." 
<laughs> exactly. Well, you I, mean, know, I got. I have to tell you, I I, I just uh, was down in Panama, and I was invited to give uh, a lecture, and was hosted by Roberto Eisenman, who is now eighty six years old, but he's of a storied family. He's met his family is you know met the Pope and and American dignitaries, presidents. Uh, he founded La Prensa, the free press in Panama. And he uh, took on these dictators. He exposed them. He His offices were ransacked. He was threatened. He's been exiled twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's back. And let me tell you what, him and his wonderful wife, they didn't take the vaccines. They saw right through this. They said there is widespread corruption there is some type of collusional plan. Panama, they shut down the schools for two years. The kids are two years behind in their education, a solid two years. And he's out there fighting for freedom. And it's interesting that someone who saw corruption for what it was decades ago sees it again. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, 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 you know, history repeats itself all too often. People, human, we don't learn a lot of lessons. People don't. But uh, all right, let's transition here just a little bit, friends. This is an interesting uh, conversation. We're on Q&A 69 today, by the way, and we're going to dive into some of those questions and stuff. Before we do that, a couple of things here. I, I want to first talk to you uh, about, uh, well, co- a couple of three things, three things. The first thing is, I've got to put out there the power of healthy cell, uh, our mission here. And, you know, that just even comes up this past week. We've got some extraordinary new uh, powerful brands that are going to be coming on uh, the platform here. But I really love the idea that we can impact people's lives in a positive way. We've done that through Healthy Cell. They've been with uh, with the network, with America Out Loud, for uh, about five and a half years now. Uh, almost, probably almost closer to six. But they're a long-term um, you know, sponsor and promoter of this uh, program and stuff. And we love their products. And it happened because I invited them in here because I love their products. They're microgels. So it's not the, the pill thing, but it's a microgel. And so you get maximum absorption into the body. But the ones that uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and I take is the immune super boost is absolutely fantastic because it's got all of the good stuff in there. And it's so easy to take. You can take it on the run if you're in a hurry or put in a little bit of water. How do you want to take You can put it on ice cream if you want or yogurt or whatever. I, whatever. I haven't tried that, but I know a lot I, of people. Malcolm, have. you tend to be really creative with these. I I tend to just take them as a straight shot. But <laughs> no, the product is really well named, Super Boost. And I can tell you how I use it clinically. Boost means you do it on top of everything else you do. You do it on top of everything else you do because it gives you a boost. The microgel technology really ensures GI absorption. What we do now is during acute illness, we go from once a day to twice a day, a boost in the morning, boost in the evening. Uh, and it has uh, just really the the right blend, but I think also the quality and the absorptive capability to, to in a sense, energize ourselves to fight off uh, pathogens, various diseases that we acquire and that we manage. It comes back to the immune system. It always does. I tell my wife that all the time. I, 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 I'm the one in my house. I don't know what happens with you, uh, Peter, uh, you and your wife, but I take out all of the stuff in my house. I take out the healthy cell. I take out the pills, the vitamin, you know, the various things we're taking. And I set up D's and I set my wife's and I set up mine and with the, you know, the stuff. And I say, okay, let's do it. Let's do it, man. 
<laughs> so we take it together here. I don't know what you do, but that's what we do. And if I take it out, she probably would forget or something. I don't really know. But anyways, this immune super boost has vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Uh, you, you get the picture, friends. Uh, so it's a micro gel, as Dr. McCullough says. Uh, our listeners get 25% off. Uh, there's a new uh, site. Uh, the, w- very easy now. Here's all you got to remember in the future. We just created this. It's brand new. Uh, you're going to be able to use it here. Uh, AmericaOutloud.shop. AmericaOutloud.shop. That's it. One place. Go there. Uh, all things are populating now in the next many days, but it's almost ready. But anyways, just go there. Don't worry about it. All the links are there. And you can get right in to get the favorite products you want at the discounts. All of those are set up for the discounts. So you get this is the only place you can get 25% off healthy sellers here with America Out Loud. Use the code out loud or just go to AmericaOutloud.shop. Very simple. That's it. That's all you need. And then they've got REM sleep, which I know you love that one, Dr. McCullough. And we've got uh, the um, the other one. Uh, what's the other? Focus. Focus and recall. I, but, well, <laughs> I almost forgot because I need focus and recall. You didn't take uh, your focus and I, recall. I see that. You know, <laughs> just one caveat with focus and recall, which I do use. I used it today, Malcolm. Is oh. uh, I, I really think clinically you need to use it once a day in the morning. It's not a twice a day and don't use it in the evening. It is slightly stimulatory. You know, it has green coffee bean extract. And there's something about that where it is slightly stimulatory. Far and away, anybody out there with brain fog who have just had trouble, you know, they just feel I've, I saw that all day long. I recommend healthy cell focus and memory. Again, it's something you do on top of all the usual things, uh, medications and other things and diet in the regimen. It really works. It's uh, as a, yeah. You mentioned the REM sleep supplement. So many people have trouble with sleep. Mm-hmm. And the key thing to remember here, if the sleep architecture is not normal, mm-hmm. if, if it's fractured in some way, even if one falls asleep, they don't get a good night's sleep. And then the next day, there's a surge of stress hormones, cortisol and others. And even though you get through the day, you feel tired. And then the next night is hard to get to sleep again. And it becomes a vicious cycle. The only way to break that cycle is to get good sleep habits, schedule about eight hours of sleep, and then healthy cell REM sleep supplement. It doesn't put people to sleep, but it restores the sleep architecture. And once there's good nights of sleep, one good night of sleep begets another one. And I tell people, take it consistently. You don't take it on and off. You take it consistently. And I have my patients who are struggling with sleep, Malcolm, 90 days straight. Don't miss a single day. And then I tell you, they are new people. Yeah. If they're new people, once sleep is restored back to a normal home. You're so place. right. You're so right, man. You're so right. And I personally take the REM sleep. And I got to tell you, as Dr. McCullough just said, it's not a sleeping pill. It's not, it's not a sleeping pill. Because I know I don't take that crap. I don't take sleeping pills and stuff like that. I'm not interested. I don't I don't like medicine. I don't like drugs. I don't like any of that stuff. I, I, I never have. I never have. I'm not a drug person. I've never taken drugs in my life. I've never even had weed. I mean, I'm I'm pretty, pretty straight as a square goes, guys. Uh, so I don't, I, I've never had, I've never needed any of that stuff. I was already pretty whacked out naturally. I didn't need that stuff to be high. <laughs> I was high on life, Peter. So, you know, I never needed it. I never did, even as a kid. Never, never did it. Never, 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 never even tried it. Wouldn't even know what it is. Um, but do you, any, any, do you drink any alcohol, Malcolm? Well, I, I'll have a glass of wine, sure. 
Yeah, yeah. But is that good for you or bad for you? They say it's good for you, red wine. You know, in general, a little bit, you know, there's been hundreds and not thousands of papers written on a little bit of red wine taken like a medicine, you. you know, taken every day does raise the HDL cholesterol and, and the yeah. body can adjust to it. Uh, this episodic drinking, what it does is uh, there's been a paper published, I believe, in Lancet uh, years ago, about a million people. The overall risk benefit is actually against alcohol in general because it raises blood pressure. It is associated with uh, higher rates of dementia. And the single greatest thing that alcohol does on a day-by-day basis, it destroys the sleep architecture. So people feel like it helps them get to sleep, but they don't get a good quality sleep. So one of my um, directives in patients who want to restore the sleep is they have to take a 28 day alcohol challenge. That means not a single drop of alcohol. I do that a lot. I do it. I do it. I'll just do it it, because I want to, I prove it to myself to do it. You know what I mean? And and what happens, Malcolm, do you sleep better once you're 28 days? You know, I not, not so I'll tell you why not so much for me. I'm not a fear assessment to ask that question. I'm going to tell you why Peter. It's very simple. I drink so much water. I mean, Peter, I drink far more water than the average person. And the point is, this stuff never has a chance to impact me. So like, because my system is flushed all the time, does that make sense? I mean, are you just, you're basically, you somebody who has some some water in your hand at all times? Oh, I always drink, I drink some, I got a big, if you could see the picture right now, I have a big red thing right here. Life is good. I love my little canister here. And it's filled with water all the time. And I drink water. My body is flushes water. I mean, I pee all day long. So how's that for you? All right. I, I imagine you've never had a kidney stone. I probably, no, I have not. No, no. Well, no. That's an important point. You know, do you know how much the average person drinks per day in terms of milliliters? What? Do you have any idea? What? what? It's no. actually, it's actually 1200 milliliters or 1.2 liters. That's not very much. The average person doesn't drink very much. And one of the risk factors for kidney stones is not drinking enough. About 3% of Americans have had kidney stones. And let me tell you, Malcolm, people who've had kidney stones, they know it. It's one of the most painful conditions. It is, I know. Water flushes the system. It rejuvenates the mind. It is the thirst of life, Peter. For me, I could not be without my water. That's that's what I'm addicted to is water. How do you like that stuff? Okay, Mm -hmm. all right. That's pretty strong. I need to drink more water. You know, I as a, I think men tend to shy away from doing this largely because of the prostate, Malcolm. And you you know when the prostate enlarges, yeah. it is like a it's like a grip onto yeah. the lower bladder in the urethra, and smaller amounts of urine make the bladder more and more uncomfortable yeah. in men who have a hypertrophy prostate. It's called prostatism. Yeah. And let me tell you what, drinking water for a man who's got an enlarged prostate is mm-hmm. is like a uh, it is like a sentence because one is constantly running to the bathroom, but can't empty the bladder completely. Yeah. And it's a real frustration. So this is what I've, I've learned here is that um, the, clearly the most bladder friendly fluid for sure is water. Mm-hmm. And what really accentuates these prostate problems are bladder irritants. And let me name a couple. One is coffee for sure. It's a bladder irritant. So if you ever had a cup of coffee that you'll notice that you have to go and you really feel an urge to pee, almost pain, but there's not that, it's not as much urine. That's being a bladder irritant. I'll tell you another one, brown colas, uh, Coca-Cola. Soda, you mean? Yeah, I don't drink soda. Yeah, brown sodas, they have phosphatidic acid in it and they're bladder irritants. So one time I went to a urologist and I was trying to explain my situation. He said, listen, Mm. if you're going to drink fluids, drink water. The bladder likes water. 
That's and it. That's probably the one of the reasons why you're you're probably doing good in terms of prostate. My system gets flushed, flushed constantly. I drink a lot of water, and I just I I, I think it's important, especially I'm high energy. I, I'm always moving. I'm doing things, but I love to have the water with me, and I, I, it's just it's a health thing, I guess, too, and a healthy immune system. I just I don't know. It's it works for me, Peter. It works for me. It keeps me out. How of How much trouble. do you think you drink a day? Well, that's a great question. I need to figure that out. And I wrote, I don't really know. I mean, we'll I might get a homework item. You'll report back. I will. <laughs> I, I, I think I drink about 1.2 liters, but I tell me, tell you what, 1. after 2. we get off this show, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go drink water <laughs> because you convinced me. It. You convinced it. me. I, you know, listen, my, my brother had a kidney stone. I'll never forget. We were out at a restaurant. We were at a Nick and Sam's in Dallas, a fancy restaurant. He, Fell over. He fell out of the chair. People were uh, rushing over. My brother had a kidney stone. So, I, you know, uh, I have to tell you, I think I'm at risk. And and the best way to reduce your risk is drink water. So I'm with you on this. I'm going to find out from my wife. I'll, I'll ask Dee what, how much water. She She's pretty be- She's really better with details than I am. Uh, but she'll she'll know. She'll, she'll be able to tell me. She always comments about my water drinking. She'll tell people all the time. It's funny. But uh, anyways, it is what it is. Uh, listen, I know we spent a little more time on this, but this was really fun to do here. Uh, a couple of things I want to do here. I, I need to um, uh, take a very quick station break identification. I'm running real late. Just bear with me. Be real quick. Be right back here. You're listening to America. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, friends, we are back with you here. It is Malcolm Out Loud here with Dr. Peter McCullough. And uh, I know we ran real late there, but uh, uh, so here we go here. And listen, we, we, we told you about the healthy cell, the AmericaOutloud.shop. I, I just want to mention for a lot of you out there, and we're going to spend more time on this in the future, the uh, Nato Kinase. Uh, just don't forget to try this uh, amazing product, uh, the Spike Support Formula uh, from the the wellness uh, company here. You want to check that out, please. That is in that AmericaOutloud.shop. Go get that and get the discount off of that. 
you'll you'll get to the um, the the twenty five twenty five percent off. You get there as well with them. They were very generous with the discount. Um, so AmericaOutloud.shop is where to go. All right, let's jump into uh, a few questions here and get some of these um, answered here and uh, this here, Peter. This one's from Karen. I've heard of two women, one in her 40s and 120s, that are having severe race and heart, and then it suddenly stops racing. The, the, these come with no reason or warning and have been days or weeks apart. Have you heard of this related to the COVID jab? Both even though jabbed got COVID, in addition to the jab, do you know what is causing this or, or a treatment? One is told it is not a heart issue and that it is that it is from having COVID. What, what is that? It doesn't make any sense. On another topic, I think there's an increase in violence and rampant stage four cancer. Okay, that's another topic. What do you say about that top one? The, well, the, the heart rate um, suddenly yeah. accelerated and then down. Sometimes blood pressure can go up and then even low. It has an acronym, uh, Malcolm. It's called POTS. That's right. Posterior Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, POTS, also known as autonomic dysfunction. The vaccines and COVID disturb the balance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Normally, our heart rates are well-balanced and uh, the spike protein, we believe in the virus and from the vaccines, damages uh, critical cells in the parasympathetic chain along the um, along the spinal cord, the adrenal glands. And at times there's just too much adrenaline that surges out. I examine patients every day and I witness this. And they, they if, if they undergo complex autonomic nervous system testing, it, it's off the Richter scale, it's disturbed. And, um, you know, I've come to find that severe cases need a special type of beta blocker called natalol, which has what's called in, intrinsic sympathomimetic capability and uh, colchicine to fight the inflammation, which we which there's over, you know, 20 trials in COVID and post-COVID showing it works. And then finally, the spike support from the wellness company, Natokinase, that, that trio, mm -hmm. uh, which I've recently put out on the McCullough Report. I had a chance, Malcolm, mm -hmm. a few shows back to interview a wonderful woman who is a patient. And I asked, you know, if she yeah. give consent, would she tell us her syndrome? And it was exactly this syndrome. Hmm. And uh, and I outlined my therapeutic approach for it, which I which I uh, uh, found time and time again that that is the way to go. It takes about those three things: three, six, uh, sometimes uh, nine or twelve months, and then it resolves. It's always a multifaceted approach to life. But we were just talking about that with the the healthy cell stuff and all of that. It's it's multifaceted. It's not just one thing. Uh, anyways, let me get on to this from Robert says, from extensive reading, I understand that PCR tests cannot identify a particular virus infection and at best can only identify viral fragments, uh, evidence of the viral particulates, uh, but not whether the person uh, under uh, under the test had COVID-19 or influenza, etc., uh, and even Carrie Mullis said the tool should not be used for diagnosis, I believe. Uh, confounding that I have read elsewhere that others have tested and confirmed such diagnoses using test methods. Am I missing something here? Can you help clear this up for me? Oh, there you go. The PCR test was widely utilized because it's quick. And the listener is right. It doesn't identify the full genomic code, but, but typically about four different uh, reading frames, the base pairs, the entire code for COVID is about 3,400 base pairs. 
the PCR is evaluating little segments of 30 or 40, typically 40, uh, typically four of them. So the spike protein, the nucleocapsid, sometimes the envelope protein, and then uh, the polymerase or what's called open reading frame, uh, ORF. Uh, but but each one of the manufacturers has pick, picked their own little zones, which they think are specific enough. And then they're run through cycles and amplified. And the CDC was right when they said the optimum maximum number of cycles is, is 28. That's the cycle threshold. And if you don't see anything at 28, just shut it down. Unfortunately, the manufacturers you know went to 35 and 40 and 45. So they kept cranking it. And at that level, I think above 30, the chances of having a recoverable live virus are under 5%. So no one's we, using those tests anymore, are they? Well, I mean, what's really morphed has been the antigen tests, which are the home, what's called rat test or rapid antigen test. Right. What I've said is since there's a glut of tests, what we should do is if we're using PCR, we should confirm it with antigen. If we're using antigen, we should confirm with PCR. We should we do that with HIV and good idea. all these yeah. other. We should have confirmatory testing so we know what we're dealing with. Well, because there was always so many negatives. I mean, you never really knew what you needed to know, right? When it mattered. Right. So why I mean, not confirm it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. you know, hopefully this mm. you know no one's getting tests anymore. Once somebody's had COVID once, the second infection has essentially a zero risk of hospitalization and death and is indistinguishable from the common cold. So you'd raise the issue if the Harvard data by Klassen are right, 94% of us have already had it, 97% of us have protection against this. Why would we even do any more tests? And I think exactly. the only tests that are being done right now are done through various protocols, institutions. Exactly. Still yeah, I, would, I wouldn't take a test. Don't don't take any more tests, people. Come on. Oh, but, one thing, Malcolm, uh, that sure I'm preparing actually for testimony uh, in the Arizona Senate. So my job is on testing. So I've been reviewing this. There have been clear cases of cribriform plate fracture with people using the long swabs. There was never a reason to use these long swabs yeah. and go, yeah. you know, way back in the in the nasal cavity, back by the brain, uh, because if the virus is so contagious and people are spreading to one another, it should be readily recoverable from snot, and that means just whatever comes out of the nose, what's right in the nasal vestibule. Mm -hmm. This idea of going deep, deep back there was a wrong idea. And boy, some people have been really damaged. Can you imagine? Yeah, I, I didn't like the way it looked. I never did that. I didn't have those tests. I didn't like it. I didn't stick and stuff you see up those your nose. pictures of people screaming and Disgusting. just Disgusting. holding their head back. None of that needed to happen. None of no, it. No, you ain't sticking that stuff in my nose. But um, uh, anyways, uh, I got to read you. Oh, I, I think that's a quick answer to this one. Katie, my sister-in-law has started losing chunks of her hair recently. We've heard this one before. I know you've answered something like this. She's had a bad case of COVID and also had the vaccination couple of doses. Well, had to be taken to the ER by ambulance, her first dose. Uh, she had rapid heart rate and extremely high blood pressure. But I know there's probably other factors that cause the hair loss. Do you know what's uh, how to you know the, how to remedy that or what, what is it about the hair loss there? Do you know? It's clearly due to the virus and the spike protein. I guarantee she got one of the four point two percent of doses, which in the paper by Schmeling and colleagues from Denmark, you know, there's three different batches: low risk where nothing happens, intermediate where it's moderate, and then there's this third batch which is four point two percent of doses. They immediately get sick. Those batches we think are loaded with messenger RNA. Uh, the lipid nanoparticles are not equally distributed or 
they're contaminated what's called cDNA. And recently this has been discovered there's actually some DNA floating around in the vials that are left over from the manufacturing process. Bottom line is she got a toxic batch and the hair loss will be associated with skin and nail changes. So if you notice the skin will be dry, the nails will be pitted. And uh, there, the natokinase, we believe, plays a role. But I think patients should have additional supplements to antagonize the spike protein. That's there. It's stuck in the skin and the hairs. And there, I've recently reviewed very positive data with a derivative of turmeric, and that's curcumin. Curcumin. It's a polyphenol supplement, 500 milligrams of the nano uh, lipophilic curcumin twice a day. In a prospective randomized trial, clearly reduced inflammation is fairly impressive. And I think that's on board. The other supplements uh, that need to be considered would be bromelain, which is a derivative from pineapple, and N-acetylcysteine, which is a common uh, antioxidant. But I think natokinase as a base and at least one of those additional supplements. Oh, and by the way, to rejuvenate hair, you know what the best supplement is? What? It's actually biotin. 12, oh, yeah, I heard that. I've heard biotin, that. 12,000 milligrams twice a day. It's about the only thing that does it. Uh, but, but when a patient's hair is falling out, I always check chemistries, protein, albumin. And you know what I also check, Malcolm? Thyroid. Sometimes the thyroid is low and that's the cause. So this person ought to get a workup. If everything's okay, the supplement approach and she'll do fine. All right. Fantastic. Well, you're amazing. I'll tell you, you're absolutely amazing. The stuff you can speak about just about anything. Um, I, I had to say that. Uh, hey, listen, I want to just tell you all a, 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 a quick program, a note, very interesting. Looking for Healing Radio is, I, I couldn't be more excited about this. Uh, and, uh, and this is something Dr. McCullough is passionate about as well, I know. But it's really embracing the uh, the uh, naturopathic uh, medicine and uh, the, the more health route. There's a lot of things he and I talk about. In fact, here, even as an MD, he knows that and he talks about it and, and the spirit that we have. But brand new show, really excited. Monday through Friday, this is Looking for Healing Radio. It's weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And there is an encore. But this is what doc, Dr. Brian Artis uh, Nicola Burnett, uh, Dr. Henry Ely's there, Dr. Jenna Schmidt, and the whole team gathers on Fridays for that show. This is really cool stuff. Uh, so check that out. And there is an encore later in the evening. I'm looking up the time now, 10 p.m. I had to look it up there. 10 p.m. starting now. You can hear that program and encore in the evening as well. Isn't that cool, uh, Dr. McCullough? That is. Malcolm, are they going to tackle questions too? They will. They will. In fact, if you go to the menu, shows, uh, looking for healing right at the drop down, go to their page. There's a drop down question, just like on the polls. You can send your questions in and they'll answer them right on here. You're exactly. You know, you should throw them a curveball and send a couple of questions in there, Peter. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, I'm looking forward to the intellectual backup, having, uh, you know, having those superstars on the platform. Uh, you know what people really like, Malcolm? They like to see interaction, see the experts bounce ideas off one another. You know, it, uh, the sci scientific advancement, particularly clinical medicine, naturopathic medicine, it's all about the dialogue. Yeah, and they'll be doing that every Friday. All of them will be on the show. It's very, very cool. Back to your point there. It's going to be very cool. So this is brand new. This is really exciting. Uh, stay close, my friends, and uh, really always wishing you a jump in your step. God bless you. And thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.